Bears Nation. You can start to feel our team starting to form together, just the, the genesis of it as we start out this process. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. podcast. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. Touchdown, Chicago! With Kevin Lapka. There's a new sheriff in town. You have clearance, Clarence. I am a golden god! And Jake Hassan. I'm rich and I'm dead, sick. Roger, Roger. It's Bears Nation. We're on a mission from God. Welcome back, Bears Nation podcast on the eve of the draft. Two days before the Bears make their first pick. We are here. We're going to do a short little episode, a little draft primer. If you guys get ready for the Bears two first round, two second round picks, they're coming up in two days, the day before the draft, which we will all be sitting idly by watching as 32 other teams make their pick because the Bears obviously do not have a first round pick as of the moment. Don't expect them to. That's just, you know, hey, anything could happen, I guess, but not expecting anything. But myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. Quick little episode today, Kevin. How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing well, man. I'm excited. Uh, we got our drafts out there on socials, and we've got some public opinion on them. Uh, so we're going to talk about those today. And Jake had some interesting selections, to say the least, in the first two rounds, uh, and then or the first two picks of the second round. And then I was we were both we both had a trade in there. I had some wild trades. So and I think for the most part, they're pretty realistic from the trade standpoint. Uh, and then I think we we both have a few players on that I think could realistically be drafted by the Bears. So it's uh, it's it's approaching, and we've been doing this draft talk for three weeks. So it's exciting that it's finally here, uh, just two days away. And then you know maybe a miracle happens tomorrow that they move up. I'd put the percentage of that as close to zero. But Bears fans will be watching in the you know outside chance that Chris Olave falls far enough for the Bears to move up. But let's do it, man! I'm excited. Yeah, uh, Chris Olave, probably not going to be a bear. It looks like he's keeps being projected inside the top 20. So not expecting anything there, but I mean, there's some value there. Uh, I mean, let's start with that because I saw an interesting idea of possibly pairing Justin Fields with his old college tight end. And you obviously covered that team and Mm -hmm. you covered, you saw that dynamic between them. So what do you think about the idea of pairing Justin Fields back up with his old pal, his old tight end from Ohio State? Jeremy Ruckert, that is? Yes. Well, I I think tight end is a position that some people have been looking at. And around the fifth round, you know, the name uh, out of Maryland has been, you know, Chagosium. I don't know uh, what his, I forget what his last name is, but he's the tight end from Maryland who's super athletic. I, I don't think... I think I think there's a very slim chance of them taking a tight end. They signed Jesper Horsted to the deal this year. Cole Komet, we know, uh, is still in a development stage of his career. I don't think you're dying to pair Justin Fields up with a tight end that he didn't target that much. I mean, the tight end, the Ohio State offense wasn't you Oconquo. That's right. That's the yeah. Um, is it Chigozi? I don't remember his first name. Oh, Chigozi Oconquo. Chigozi, yeah. Okay, that's right. Uh, Chigozi Oconquo. He's really the only guy that I could see the Bears taking. The tight end wasn't a a really utilized piece of the Ohio State offense. So there wasn't, you know, that's not a connection that exists as much as a connection between Chris Olave and Justin Fields exists. So I don't know right now where the ADP is for Jeremy Ruckert. I don't, I, I don't, I can't imagine it's above the fifth round. So maybe if you, yeah, it's like make, fourth, late fourth, fifth round, late fourth, fifth round. So the only way I would say that would happen is if you make multiple trades 
with the second and third round picks that you have to move down and you pick up like an extra fifth round pick and maybe Justin Fields is sitting there saying, hey, you know, I, I do want to be paired up with Jeremy Ruckert. He's got physicality. He's good body. He's good size. He's a great red zone target. He isn't the fastest, most athletic tight end, but he is a monster. He can bench press. His bench press numbers were, I, I think, up there in the upper echelon of tight ends. But I don't think that's going to happen unless they acquire picks. But, Jake, I mean, according to both of our drafts, they are going to do that. And I think according to what Ryan Pohl said in his press conference just the other day, that is sort of the outlook that they have is we're going to try to get as many picks as possible. We only have a small handful of them. We have the ability with the two second round picks to grab a good player and move down and collect some more picks in the mid rounds. I think they're going to do it. And if they do it, you could see them take a flyer on a player like Rucker, but I would not. That's not on my mock draft. It's not on yours. And I have, I actually haven't seen that as much as you would think, considering how much we want to talk about the connection between a college quarterback and their former college teammate, you know, I haven't seen it that much, but I guess you can't rule it out. Yeah, it's just something. I mean, it was like a throwaway tweet that I saw in a thread or something, but I didn't hate the idea. Uh, Obviously, everyone's trying to think of what's the best way to elevate Justin Fields to that next level and help him take that next step in year two, which is when you expect to see a rookie quarterback if they are going to be something a la Joe, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, take that next step, take that leap to being a star Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. So everyone's just kind of trying to think of the best ways to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, you have options and the bears are playing this pretty close to the chest, obviously, because you have a first time GM. We don't know anything about him. I've said that time and time again on this show, no idea what he's going to do. Have no idea what the game plan is. Have no idea what their big board looks like. And we're probably not going to know until things happen. Um, I do want to say, I don't think Jesper Horstead is keeping you from drafting another tight end. <laughs> like I, know, I, I get it. He's there. He knows the system, but Jesper Horstead, you're not, not taking a guy because, Oh, well, Jesper Horstead's here. I don't think that's happening very much. Um, <laughs> but I mean, two tight end sets are something that we're seeing be more prominent. If you could give a quarterback more options, you're going to do that. But yeah, I mean, a lot of options, it's going to be, the thing is like, as far as, and we can get into our mock drafts in a second it, and you do way more work on the draft than I do, but it, it's always just, especially with this situation, no, like weird stuff's always going to happen. Right. We don't know anything about what the bears are going to do. We don't know what any team's going to do. There's going to be a trade. You know, when those quarterbacks start going, someone's going to panic and mm-hmm. trade back in the first round to secure that fifth round option on, you know, Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter, whoever it is, just in case they end up being someone worth taking and be and end up being a starting caliber quarterback. So it's going to be weird. Whatever we say is going to happen is going to get blown up and other stuff's going to happen. And you know, the minute a trade happens, it's going to change everything. But um, no, it's going to be interesting, Kevin. It's going to be interesting. And trades are going to happen early. Like, you know, we sit here and we do, and we watch analysts do these mock drafts where they just, you know, select players to each team for the first 32 rounds. And that's it. That's not going to happen. I mean, there are multiple teams in the first round that have multiple first round picks. And that's what makes this draft so interesting. And the other thing that makes this draft interesting to me is just how unpredictable it is right now. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me confidently who's going to be the first overall pick for the past 10 years. For the most part, I could tell you four months before the draft who the first round pick was going to be at this point, because there's not that solid number one team that needs a a quarterback and number one, there's multiple talented players who, you know, whether it's Trayvon Walker or, uh, or Aiden Hutchinson that they think can go number one, it's whatever a team wants. And then, you know, from that, 
uh, like is unpredictable as the first pick is, so is the rest of the draft. I mean, when is who's which wide receiver is going to be taken first? When is that going to happen? How is the order of that going to go? When is Sauce Gardner going to get taken? Are the Lions going to take him? Kayvon Thibodeau is falling. You know, George Karloftis is rising. There's a million different things, which is why I think we could be in for absolute chaos. And that's the thing about draft night is, you know, it it, it doesn't even matter how good. Sometimes it doesn't matter, you know, what your projection was going to this point because whatever happens on this day and chatter occurs, don't, you know, you act like chatter doesn't occur between these GMs. Some of these people do. It, it does. People are on the phone saying, hey, you know, why'd you pass on this guy? What, you know, what's up with him? Why, why are you not taking him? And then, you know, oh, if, if they have worries about him, maybe we should too. That player falls. Oh, hey, this guy, we actually think he might be really good. Let's take him just so this other team can't take him. Boom, he goes 15 spots ahead of where he really should be taken. A million different things can happen. And I think just given what we don't know about this draft, we really we really have no idea what's going to happen, especially once we get to the Bears spot in the second round. Like the first round itself is going to be chaos, but that, you know, things become even more predictable as you go into the later rounds and the mid rounds and things really start to get jumbled. And that's where the Bears are going to be picking in the second round. So, I mean, like I can't tell you, Jake, that George Pickens is going to be available over Jahan Dotson. I can't tell you that Christian Watson's going to be available in the second round or if he's going to be taken in the top 25. Like, it's just, it's, and that's why I think the outlook for Bears fans right now is, look, you have three major positions of need, wide receiver, cornerback, and guard. You have to take the best player available of those three positions at pick 39. That's what you have to do. If the best player available at that time is a cornerback slash safety like Jalen Petre, you take him. If the wide receiver in that case is a Jahan Dotson, you take him. If it's, you know, someone like a, you know, the name that people want to fall from the O-line category is Tyler Lindenbaum. If he falls, you take him. I think that's where you're at right now is, look, you have to find the best player available of those three positions at 39. And it's just that we just have to see how the draft shakes out. Yeah. And so that being said, and you didn't even mention the quarterbacks and what can happen with them right. and how that could affect things. So there are a lot of different variables. Um, all that being said, let's get into our mock drafts uh, and kind of break those down. Uh, Who do you want first? You know, mine or yours? Uh, I feel like mine's more here. controversial. I feel like people are all more right. upset about mine. <laughs> here we are. Um, so I ran this just through PFF, the mock draft thing. Um you know, the one we did last week, you're familiar because you've, if you're watching this, you've probably done it a million times yourself trying to see if you get Chris Olave to fall to like 25 or something. Um, that being said, I did go with two defensive backs with the first two picks. Um, did I love doing it? No, but Jalen Petre, I felt perfectly fine taking with that first pick. We talked a lot about him last week um, and what he can bring to you. And then I was hoping Pickens would make it to 48. He didn't. So then I was left with a choice uh, and it was either offensive line or safety. And Brisker is a guy who is just safe. He is safe in coverage. He can beat play well against the run. You need somebody next to Eddie Jackson. I wasn't going to reach um, for what's his face from Southern Alabama, who I can't yeah, think of Tolbert. his name right now. Tolbert was there, but I wasn't going to reach for him. Yeah. I, I didn't feel comfortable taking him at 48. So I said, no, let me take the best player available at a position of need where you could be strong. And somebody on Twitter was like, well, you better just trade fields. If you're going to do this, this isn't going to happen. Like this is, this is just what I went with because it was what made sense in the mock that I ran. It's not going to happen. If I get one of these two guys as a bears fan, then you're going to be happy. Whether it's Petrie or Brisker, obviously if there's a run on wide receivers and Pickens is the last guy there, they're going to take them. 
Uh, so this is just what I went with going best player available at positions of need. Um, something that I want to circle back to that you said is uh, Tyler Lindenbaum foul, falling. He's not going to get to 39. No if shot. he gets to the second no round, shot. somebody somebody's trading up for him. I think if he gets to the end of the first round, somebody's trading for him. Uh, I forget who it was. I think it was someone from PFF wrote that Lindenbaum's the highest graded center they've ever seen. And he like he broke the model. Like he's the highest graded center ever. <laughs> that they've ever graded. So, which, I mean, you've heard that this guy is like, should be a first round pick, but isn't going to be because of the run on defensive linemen and edge rushers and linebackers. Like that's just how it's going to. And then obviously the quarterback. So yeah. Um, is this what's going to happen? Obviously not, but I don't know. I mean, whatever. So here's, here's, here's what stands out for me from your draft. I really like the first pick Jalen Petre, which is something that we did last week in our mock draft simulation. Right. Um, and I think you've probably after that, you know, you've probably fallen in love with him a little bit too, because of the way he would fit in that Eberflus defense. I mean, he could be uh, exactly what Eberflus wants a guy with a lot of versatility, who's super fast and explosive. but can do a million different things for you. I mean, that is exactly, and that's where I could see, you know, there at, you know, 39, if Petra becomes available, Eberflus is sitting there next to Ryan Post saying, I need this guy. You know, we become a better football team, especially defensively. If you give me this player and Ryan Post could say, hey, you know, we're a team. We're going to do this together. This isn't Ryan Pace, John Fox uh, back in the day. This is where a tandem uh, you could throw out the word collaboration if you would like. Uh, it just oh, has yeah. to be the correct usage of collaboration. Um, and and I could see them doing that. And, and now let's go to Jaquan Brisker, because this was obviously the surprise when you sent this to me this morning. You sent me your picks. I was like, Jaquan Brisker. I mean, that came out of nowhere. But the idea of taking a safety to me isn't completely out of the picture. I have a safety in mind that we'll get to later, uh, later in the fifth round. But I, I don't, I wouldn't rule it out at some point in the draft, not at 48, but at some point, because you're right. When you look at the depth chart and there, there's the hopes that Jake and I have that Poles will pull the trigger on Tyra Matthew because the connection is there because of him, uh, you know, existing in Kansas City the past few years and their connection and whatever you make of that. And that's where like every free agent the Bears have signed has come from, either right. Indianapolis or Kansas City. <laughs> right. And you look at who the Bears have right now and Eddie Jackson, DeAndre Houston Carson, uh, and Dane Crookshank. I mean, you could use a younger safety to to slot in there who could, you know, give a you just need bodies. You just, you just need, need warm bodies. bodies. That, that, that's as, that's true as well. But I think if you if, if you get a talented, athletic, explosive safety like Brisker who can, you know, be productive day one, they could give a guy like Crookshank a run for their money in training camp to take that starting role. So I don't think that's completely out of the picture. The fact of them taking two DBs with the first two is out of the picture, but of them taking a safety at any point in the draft, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, and I wouldn't be upset about it either. I mean, there's people who are saying, and this was what we did in our, our, our simulation was we're only taking three positions. We're taking guard, cornerback and wide receiver, two of each. You know, that that's not how it's going to shake out. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a linebacker. I wouldn't. I almost mocked a linebacker, Micah McFadden Same. from Indiana, to the Bears in like the fifth round. You have them taking a tackle. You know, they're, they're not just going to take the positions of need. They will take those positions of need, but not only those guys. They might take an edge rusher if they want to. Like, they might. So, I don't, like, that's Especially why Especially when and if people fall. Like, this. Right. So, let's do, let's do a little game here before I move on to mine. Let's do... Uh, one favorite pick of the draft, two, your steal of the draft, and three, your sleeper. So, um, let's start with yeah, your, I mean, your favorite pick of the draft. Favorite would be Petre, obviously. Right. Um, then steal, of course, would be Justin Ross at one ten, and then sleeper is going to be Vidarian Lowe from Illinois. He's just a body. He's big. He got better each year. You need a tackle. Um, he's strong as hell. 
And it's good to have competition for Borman Jenkins. Like you need those guys. True. Like you, you need young players, especially if it ends up that you need to move Borum to guard or even Jenkins to guard. You need younger guys that you can continue to filter out here. Like you lost Alex bars. You lost James Daniels, right? You need guys to come filter in here and provide competition on that. Like you can't keep signing fringe guys off the end of other people's rosters. That's fair. Um, you know, a little bit of Illinois bias from Jake. A little bit. But also, I watched you. Yeah, you're familiar with him. You know him. It's like it's like me. It was like me last year telling the Bears to trade up for Justin Fields, right? Like, it's just right. sort of the same thing. Um, you know, you're familiar with it. So, you you know more about Vidarian Lowe than the average Bears scout. So, if the Bears draft Vidarian Lowe, we need all of the Bears community to be listening to this podcast for Jake's star analysis uh, after, after the draft on Saturday. But... You know, we also so we also have the trade here. We'll talk about that, then we'll move to mine. Um, you have them trading pick seventy one, move down five spots to collect pick seventy six and acquire pick uh, one ten. And I did this too. And you also have them us trading pick one forty eight to the Ravens. Um, and I think we both have this because we want to land somewhere in the fourth round to get Justin Ross or to get you know a receiver there in the fourth round who has high upside. Um, early in the fourth, maybe late in the early in the fifth, late in the fourth, somewhere in that range. Is that, was that kind of your thought process there? You know, with that trade with the Ravens is trying to get somewhere in the fourth round range where you can take a player like Justin Ross. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, you have that extra fifth round pick, we know that there's going to be trades at some point. There's going to be, you know, the bears are going to move around to try and either acquire more picks or move into a more favorable spot at some point. So, yeah, I mean, it's just based on the fact that there's probably going to be a trade at some point. Got you. All right. If you are in the chat, grade Jake's draft uh, with a letter grade. And- I mean, it's going to be bad. Like, it's- <laughs> hey, you know, there's, there's some people who really like dealing Parham and, we, you know, the Hassan Haskins pick to us is good. Um, so drop the grade in the chat and we'll go to mine now, which was a little bit extravagant. But I, I do think the possibility of multiple trades exists. So let's run through mine. Round two, pick 39, wide receiver Jahan Dotson. And then with that six, with that 48th pick in the second round, you trade that to the Broncos for round two, pick 64. So a pretty significant drop there, down 16 spots. But you also collect the third round pick, round 75. And you, you trade away that round fifth, uh, that round five pick, 150 to the Broncos as well. So, you know, two picks for two picks, but you land in the third round, you go down a little bit in the second. And then with that pick two of the second round, 65, take Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, who some people had uh, some opinions on that on Twitter. And then with that third round pick you acquired, you or with the or the first third round pick that you already have, pick 71, that you, that was, that you're going to get that, you're going to get your Justin Fields uh, trade package partially back, trading with the Giants here, getting round three, pick 81 back, and then round four, pick 112, sort of because of the same idea. I want to find Justin Ross or a good wide receiver there in the fourth round as well. And then round three, pick 75, Calvin Austin, a guy that we talked about, but has kind of uh, we, we've kind of simmered on since that first time we went over the wide receiver draft prospects. Cole Strange, round three, pick 81. Justin Ross, round four, pick 112. Safety, JT Woods from Baylor, <clears throat> round five, pick 148. And then similarly to you, we both have this one, Running back Hassan Haskins from Michigan, round six, 186. What stands out to you uh, from this when you look at mine? 
Uh, obviously the three wide receivers stands out just because I, and I don't hate the theory there. I don't hate where your head's at with that. Obviously we've talked about Dotson. We both really like him. We obviously both love Ross. Um, so I'm a little surprised you went with Calvin Austin uh, with that 75th overall pick. I would have thought that maybe you would have went somewhere else with that, whether that be DB or offensive line. Obviously we both talked about Cole strange last week. We both like him as well. Um, the, the thing is like, let's say for a second, this goes down this way. Like if you take two wide receivers in the top 75, I don't think you're being aggressive and going with a third one. That's the only thing that I would say probably that this doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But who knows? Obviously, like we've said, we don't know what's going on in the bears boardroom, war room, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the possibility of two trade downs is more likely than not, because as we talked about, you're at a, you're, you're begging for draft picks at this point. Like you are begging, you are down cataclysmically for draft picks right now. Like you need draft kicks bad. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this, a recoup of picks, a recoup and just try to get as many fresh, young, warm bodies in the locker room as possible for competition purposes, for roster purposes, because you still have a lot of roster to fill out. So, yeah, I mean, uh, but what stands out is the three wide receivers. Obviously, it's a need. It's the biggest need. So it's not entirely surprising, but it does stand out. I mean, uh, it, uh, it yeah, it, it's you don't see that often. Three wide receivers. No, but. I mean, if you were to get Jahan Dotson, Calvin Austin, and Justin Ross in the same draft, I tweeted this out. You'd have the top five receiving core in the NFL by 2024. I mean, I truly believe that. Hopefully. And I think the reason why I'd made the trade downs is because Ryan Poles talked a lot in his press conference about we're not going to reach for a player. So when I was doing this mock draft and I was kind of looking at ADPs and I was looking at certain things and I, I got to certain points in the draft, whether it be at 48, whether it be in the third round where I was like, you know, uh, there's no one I, you really need here. So let's move down to collect another pick. And then, boom, you don't have to reach for wide receiver. You can put yourself in a position where you can get a player where you think is is at the correct value without having to reach. So that's why I made the multiple trade downs. But, I mean, there's no, uh, again, you talk about bodies in the wide receiver room. There's no harm in bringing in bodies. I mean, outside of Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, and Daz Newsome, who else is guaranteed to have a spot in the wide receiver room? If you were to carry... Six, unless I'm missing somebody, if you were to carry six wide receivers, right, going into the NFL season, you could have Darna Mooney, Byron Pringle, Daz Newsome, which I, in my opinion, wouldn't even be in guarantee, and then Jahan Dotson, Calvin Austin, and Justin Ross. Like, I don't, I don't see it as outrageous to keep this many wide receivers or to, to draft this many wide receivers if you are going to collect as many picks as you're going to, again, from the pure volume standpoint, but also the fact that all of these guys are would be instant contributors year one, in my opinion. Sure. Maybe not Justin Ross considering injury history, but definitely John Dotson and definitely Calvin Austin, who I think is going to be an argue, arguably the sleeper of draft. And apparently people agree with that because people think he's getting uh, a little bit uh, his his stock is rising to the point where he might be early third round, maybe late second. But, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm all in on wide receivers. But let's talk about real quick uh, Hassan Haskins. We both have him. We like him. And we think yeah. that there's a strong possibility they take a running back, right? Yeah. I mean, just because you've just the general philosophy of, you know, running backs, dime a dozen, the more you have on cheap contracts, the better. And we saw how they used Khalil Herbert last year. So, yeah, especially coming from the Big Ten. Yeah. Like yeah. it. 
It makes sense. Cam Taylor-Britt, also from the Big Ten, he's a very strong, tall, physical cornerback who's going to make plays for you. And, you know, you need one of those DBs there. And I think they wouldn't, I would not be surprised if they did it. And then Cole Strange is that big body, that guard we talked about in our last mock draft simulation, who's also big, but he's super athletic. Um, and that's what you're looking for. So throughout all that's of our- where That's where I think things can change. Uh, I think they're, if, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more than one offensive lineman drafted in this draft, just because yeah. a Ryan Poles, former lineman has talked about how important the line is, how important the point of attack is and having athletes on that line. So I wouldn't be surprised. I think we're probably going to see more than one offensive lineman taken. Um, and kind of like what I talked about, you have all these guys on one year deals. You can't just count on that. Right. And real quick, let, before we head out of here, we'll head out of here in about two minutes. Um, what are you, what do you think is the likelihood of the Bears trading a player during the draft? We've seen a lot of mocks like that. You know, PFF brought in their new simulation where you can trade players um, to different teams throughout the draft. What do you think the, is the likelihood that the Bears will do that, or that any other player in the league will get traded? Because it's a very very rare thing that happens, and I would I I personally don't see it happening with the Bears in any in circumstance this week. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Um, <clears throat> the last time we saw the Bears kind of in this kind of scenario was the Marcus Mariota draft. It was like, Oh, the bears are going to trade Cutler and Martellus Bennett and their first round pick to get up to number two and take Mary. Like I, I, I agree. I don't think if you see a player traded, it's not going to be until after the draft. Um, obviously David Montgomery is the hot name because he's a running back because he just had the best year of his career. Um, I don't think anybody's going to trade for that. Like, I, I don't think anybody's going to say, okay, yeah, we need the, like I said, running backs, you can find good running backs anywhere. You see it every year. Nobody's trading, you know, real, nobody's trading a second or a first round pick for a running back. And especially Dave Montgomery's got two years left, I think. Right. So or this Last one, year. this is, this is his fourth year. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody's, nobody's giving up real assets for that. Um, I, I'd be surprised if a player was traded from the bears. I would agree. Um, it just, it's it just simply based off the fact that it just, it's just hard to do. Like when you're in the war room, figuring out a package for a player on the spot. Well, and because Poles and Eberflus don't know what they have in any of these guys. Yet. Right. We've seen That's them at true. voluntary mini camp for three days last week. Right. So, you know, you don't want to risk shipping someone out and then they end up having a career year and you're like, Oh shit. So yeah, I, I would be very surprised if a player was traded. Me as well, but that'll wrap it, man. A little short episode for us, but you know we do want to do something short, so we give you guys, uh, the listeners, there a little bit of time to um, to consume something short before the draft on Friday. Uh, and it, if the Bears do something crazy on Thursday, I guess we'll hop on Thursday night. I don't know. I mean, it, I doubt it'll happen, but we'll be here for the emergencies that uh, that may occur or will likely not occur Thursday or Friday. But we'll have that live show Friday. Jake will be on an airplane. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm just going out of town visiting friends, so nice. I completely forgot that I won't be here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but Kevin will have you covered. But yeah, quick episode to go through our mock drafts, get you guys primed for the mocks, but or not for the mocks, for the actual draft. But that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching all you guys. You guys are just always around. Love it. Just absolutely. The regulars are always here. Absolutely love it. Thank you guys for listening, for consuming this podcast. But until next time, for myself and for Kevin Lapka, to the Bears Nation podcast. And as always, bear down.